Well, sometimes that is better. The person you put up there ain't the person that comes back. It may look like that person, but it ain't that person. Because whatever lives in the ground beyond that cemetery ain't human at all. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I am Tristan. And I'm Greg. And today we're going back to 1989. Uh, and it is the first look for us into a into a Stephen King movie, which are pretty prominent through the 80s and 90s. Um, so we're staying on topic a little bit for current times. There's a re-release out at the moment. That's right, Pet Cemetery re-released as of a couple of days week, ago. I think, yeah, this the fifth, April fifth. Yeah, it's just dropped here in Australia. So, but so topical. Topical. That's if describe this podcast in one word, it's topical. Topical. Relevant. Talking about twenty-year-old movies. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone likes a reboot, and this is the latest. Yeah, so we thought it was high time. Pretty iconic movie in my childhood. It was one of those... This was a Stephen King era. We're going to talk yeah, a bit about that. But there were so many movies. Like I had, I knew there was a lot, but then when I looked into this to check out the numbers... Massive. So if you include TV, miniseries, and like sequels, they're still based off uh-huh. his yep. brands or IP or whatever. Yeah, number. It gets up to 59. <laughs> that is That's crazy. crazy. Um, but yeah, and, and so of the 59, 41 of them were within the era that we look at, which is generally 80s, 90s. Crazy. It's crazy. So this is like the Marvel universe of its time. This is like Interesting. the way, nice. the way like Fox and Sony and Marvel, Disney are mining all these old comics for stories. That's what was happening to Stephen King books at the time. It's like, yeah. we're making a picture. We're making a picture. Yeah. Um, to varying did, degrees of success. He did have his success. own universe happening as well as a writer. Basically, he's got a, a fictional Maine, so Maine, the state right. of Maine. Right, yeah, yeah, because Derry is that, is that near there the, from it? Derry is one of the main cities. So Derry yeah. apparently is basically Bangor, which is the ah, okay. Yeah, Derry yeah, yeah. is it. Derry is referenced in this. This is Maine. Oh, is um, it? Yeah. Ah, in the movie? I think, definitely in the definitely book. Definitely in the book, yeah. That's pretty, it's cool. that's pretty fucking cool. But let's rewind back to 1989. We're well in the era of Stephen King at this point. Also yeah. the era of Rick Moranis, but not, not on point for this episode. Did they 59? have a collab? That's a good question. Well, in digging into this, there's so many more Stephen King things than you realize. Yeah. Well, maybe not you, but what did I realize? Because yeah. um, also you typically associate it with horror, but That's there's right. so many other things, like there's Shawshank and all kinds of Green other Mile. shit. Green yeah. Mile. Shawshank's um, the big one, though. That's the yeah. oh. moment for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, totally. So I would, we're not going to go through all 59 in terms of their ranking, but I think it is interesting to look at maybe the top five in terms of critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Do you want to have a guess? Do you have any in mind that you think might? Yeah, I, uh, but I would say Carrie might tip Shawshank. You have phenomenal taste because it sure does by 1%, 2%. Yeah, I didn't even hear about that movie until much later in life. Well, were we born? When was it made? Oh, definitely 79? not, but like... 
I only found out in the DVD era that that existed. Yeah. And like Travolta's in it and like, wow, yeah, what right. is this? It's Brian De Palma movie. Like, so that's the number one ranked from a Rotten Tomatoes score, yeah. critic score angle, Carrie. That was 1976. Shawshank is number two in yeah. 94. Then you got Stand Lots By Me. Of people's favorite movie. Yeah, I feel like it's the default choice. It's a cliched favorite yeah, movie. If so you if you're listening and that's your favorite movie. Watch more movies, man. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a fine movie, but. Be be yourself. Find find your thing. Find find a different movie. Be brave. Anyway, Stand By Me is number three. That's from 1986, 91%. Special movie. One I hadn't heard of, Dead Zone. Have you heard of Dead Zone? Yep, that's one of his earlier ones. Yeah, 83, yeah. 90%. That's a David Cronenberg joint. And then the, the only new one in the mix, uh, Gerald's Game, number five. Did you watch that on Netflix? Fucking cool. I really like that. I can't even place it. Don't even read what it is. Just watch it. It's fucking okay. cool. Um, very cool. Yeah, right. I mean, obviously, there's other notables in there. The Shining. Uh, one I didn't even consider, The Running Man. Yeah. What? Yeah. Is that a Stephen King? Apparently. What? Crazy, huh? It's crazy. There's Misery, of course, and there's a bunch of others. I'm not going to list them all, but to me, they're the big ones that, that yeah. come to mind. Um, kind of crazy. Like, if you think about... The impact of one man. It is pretty, yeah, it is pretty remarkable. And for a lot of these, he did write the screenplay, including this one, which is kind of cool. He didn't direct many. He directed one, which was famously the worst one, which is Maximum Overdrive. Overdrive. Yeah, right. Yeah, Maximum Overdrive. I'm embellishing here, but it feels like that was, he wanted one of his stories to come to life properly. Like his vision, seeing it through all the way to the end. Like he yeah. thought Kubrick's The Shining was dog shit. What? He's like, that's not my fucking story. So I can imagine that this is him going, you know what, I'm going to do this. And End he stayed awake for six months of shooting and made a terrible movie. Um, but yeah, you can't overstate what an impact <laughs> this dude had on culture. Like in our formative years, basically, whether or not you watch them. And that's the thing with this movie. I don't know if I watch this movie. But you knew. Yeah, I feel like I honestly not sure if I watched this movie or if I just kind of through cultural osmosis kind of got most of it. Yeah. We'll get into it, but even like references through different other shows like South Park. And, uh-huh. um, I, I did, did you read them? I never read any. I read. Oh. I was an R.L. Stein. <laughs> I was. I, I was can't remember, man. Zone. If I, I definitely had the books. On my bedside table. I can't remember how much I actually got because I'll be. I was a Goosebumps kid. That yeah. was my version. Yeah, right. The real Diet Coke of, <laughs> of. Yeah, at best. Of him. But at the time, I remember thinking I was pretty. I'm so mature reading R.L. Stein. You know how scary these are? Yeah, well, you, you know. You know, R.L. Stein knows the ending of the book before he even finishes writing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's uh, cost of entry. But yeah. <laughs> Goosebumps were great. They were great books. They were, yeah. All right, let's jump into the trailer and then get into our initial reaction. What is this place? I brought you here to bury Alan's cat. Daddy, is Church all right? Why, Judge? I have no reasons. I dreamed he got hit by a car and you and Mr. Crandall buried him in the pet cemetery. What did we do tonight, Judge? What we did, Lois, was a secret. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
anyone ever buried a person up there. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. You're thinking thoughts. That's not photo. Daddy's gonna do something really bad. You're thinking of putting him up there. Don't deny the thought hadn't crossed your mind. Come back to me, Gage. Come back to us. Paramount Pictures presents Stephen King's all-time best-selling tale of horror. Pet Cemetery. So how, how'd you go with the rewatch? I enjoyed the rewatch. I think I enjoyed just watching a Stephen King movie. Yeah, there's always adult. you know there's always the quality of the film itself can vary, but there's always going to be an interesting concept in there. It was interesting. I mean, if the interest moments were jarred with some of the campy crap that's in there that kind of detract from the film. Yeah. But the overall experience was good, man. I was I was into it. Yeah. I I did like it. I was like, oh, this is interesting. There's more to it than I thought there was. The sister that died back in the day, that was creepy as fuck. And I guess just the broader mythology around the the cemetery and all that kind uh-huh. of shit. Um. The kid, man. This kid was in everything when we were kids. Yeah. yeah. Boys we're gonna, have a penis. Girls have a vagina. If you don't know who we're talking about, his name is Miko Hughes. He plays the baby or the or Gage. And if you don't know who he is, you actually do because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's this guy. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the tip. So you know him. He's been around. He was in so much shit when we were kids. He was everywhere. Yeah, he was the he was the kid. He was the the standard kid. He's almost like, but he wasn't Macaulay Culkin level of kid. He was like the Joey Pantoliano, like the guy you don't know who he is, but he's just in everything. He's that guy. Yeah, he was a that guy kid. You know. Yeah, a that guy kid. Um, the dead sister Zelda, hundred percent the scariest part for yeah. me. Fuck. That was a guy. I was yeah. It was a guy that made it way more scary too. Yeah, they did that. They well. that part freaked me yeah, out, man. That was the one thing I'm like, oh, I'm gonna wake up and think about that in the middle of the night, aren't I? Because I always have to wake up and pee now because I'm an old man. <laughs> but that's me. All right. So it is a pretty cool, interesting story, and how this got made. We have to start with the book. So the book came out in '83, and it's based on a real experience he had. He was at the University of Maine at, to teach for a year. During this time, uh, rented a house on a really busy road, and that road itself claimed lots of pets', pets. lives. And the kids in the town made a pet cemetery <laughs> right near that where he was living. He's like, "This writing thing's easy. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking people are giving it to me." Yeah, stranger than fiction, right? And. Even further, his daughter buried her cat named Smucky there after it was hit. And then their son, Owen, had a really close call with the traffic himself. So it was at that point, they say that in that moment, the whole idea kind of flashed into his head of like, what if, what if, what if? And that was kind of the conception of the book. Um, So he wrote the book and then didn't want to release it, thought it was too dark. He's like, who's going to want to read this? It's just dark, 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 nothing good happens. Like this Mm. would make you give up on the world reading this thing. So he kind of left it. But then he needed a final book for his contract, so he submitted it to his publisher and it became massive. And he was always surprised at how massive it became. He finds it to be his scariest, most fucked up. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, he thinks this is the scariest thing he's ever written. And that's, I think, there's probably context of 
If he's riding that, he's thinking of his yeah. kid. Yeah, so it would be scary. If it's he's like riding hitting that, close going, to home. My kid nearly got hit by a car. Now I'm going to ride a, a truck. Now I'm riding a, yeah. a book about how he would have got hit by a truck. And, and then, then come back to life and come back to life. And then I bury my wife. And he yeah, it better be the fucking scariest so, thing ever, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the rights were initially sold to George A. Romero. Mm-hmm. So he's the Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. This of the Dead, that of the Dead, that guy. For ten grand in uh, eighty four, he had to pull out due to working on his other picture, Monkey Shines. Uh, but Stephen himself wrote the screenplay, but kind of lost traction there for a while. The studio had kind of assumed that we're at saturation point of Stephen King stories. This isn't really a priority for us. But then in eighty eight, there was a massive writer's strike, and uh, Paramount was facing a shortage of new productions. And so it was like, what was that thing you were talking about again? Let's fucking do that. <laughs> so it came back, gave it the green light. So it all happens. Um, so, Greg, this is another one where we have a fucking cool director on our hands. So her name is Mary Lambert. So, so like a lot of the other female directors we've looked at here, she came from the music video world. And she worked with the Ramones. Oh, she worked figure. with Madonna. She worked with Janet Jackson. I think Grace Jones as well. But she did like a prayer. Like she did like... Hectic Madonna. That's a big one. I think she did like five in a row Madonna music videos. Hectic. So she's like mates with the Ramones and shit. She's fucking cool. And so she got the Ramones to make the song Pet Cemetery for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that plays in the credits. Did you notice it? Yeah, it came up in the credits. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really notice. I listened to it since. Very Ramone. But the um, the Die Hard fans hate it, but it's actually, I think, their best yeah. Selling or best, best selling, yeah. Best performance yeah. song or something, yeah. But yeah, she's pretty cool. She uh, she talks about getting involved here. My agent sent me the script. And I remember the day I got it. I was sitting in the editing room working on Like a Prayer, the video I did for Madonna. And I had just recently completed my first feature film, which was Siesta with Ellen Barkin and Jodie Foster and Gabriel Byrne. And I thought, hmm, a horror movie. I, I didn't really consider myself a horror director at that time. I love Stephen King, though, and I read all of his books. So um, I read the script, and I got very intrigued with the visual possibilities of the movie. And so that I flew to New York and had that meeting, and uh, it was just a really good meeting. Uh, Stephen and I really hit it off. I mean, I remember our collaboration with great fondness because whenever I needed to discuss something creatively, he was always available to me. She's fucking cool. You know, very much in line with um, Tamara Davis from uh-huh. Billy Madison and uh, Penelope Spheris from uh, Wayne's World. Follows a very similar pattern. Uh-huh. Kind of alarmingly so. So all three of these directors, females, yeah. came from the music world do these movies that do really well and then don't actually do all that. I mean, they work, they continue to work, but not as much as you would expect. And it's just an alarming pattern. Yeah. Penelope Spheris didn't even get back to Wayne's World 2. No. Fuck. It just seems like a shame someone can take a $15 million budget and get this kind of return and not kind of get the career she might deserve. Anyway, not to be a Debbie Doubter, let's get into casting. Should we talk about Judd, though? Let's talk about Judd. I was delighted to find Old Bound Out, a lot of history on that road, was actually a childhood favorite of mine. I had no idea. Did you know Monst- this? Monsters? Yeah, I had yeah. no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. Uh, did, you, did you know that before you looked into any of this? No. Oh, okay. 
So you didn't know yeah. that when you watched it? Nah. No. Oh, man. Because there was... I thought I felt familiarity when I'm looking at this guy, but I thought it was just the yeah a lot of history on that right. I thought just said it was all that, but then once I saw that he played Herman Munster, I'm like, of course he fucking played Herman Munster. Of course he fucking did. Yeah, he had to dye his hair for this movie. Man, he hasn't got. He still had black hair. I loved the Munsters. I think I did. Well, you know what's coming. I'm gonna play the fucking song because you know that's how you know that's what I do. Delightful. Delight. But anyway, should we run through the plot? Sure. So we are introduced to a family, the Creed family. Oh, can I say this guy's name is the coolest? This guy's name's Lewis Creed. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that feels it's close like, to Adonis Creed. Yeah, it feels like it's something more out of a Rocky movie than. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they move from Chicago to a small town, Ludlow in Maine. And he's going to be a doctor at the uni, head doctor or something. They move into this big white picket house. Next minute, you see that it's on this narrow road, but that trucks seem to use at full <laughs> tilt. And they're pumping down there at like 90 miles an hour or whatever. And they meet their neighbor, who we've been talking about, Judd. Yeah. Next minute, he's taking them on a weird little tour of the pet cemetery, which seems kind of odd. I don't know why you would do that. Exactly. Yeah. Why would you just, here, let me take you to a place where we bury dead things. Yeah. That was a little weird. Uh, then we, I think we're at uni, uh, sorry, at the hospital where he's working, the university hospital, and a man comes in. He's been hit by a bus, go figure. His brain's spilling yeah. out of his head. So this guy dies on the table and he hangs around as this ghost that sort of advises them through the movie. A good ghost. Yeah, I didn't realise it was good right away. took me quite a yeah, while. it takes a little while. He's, I find him quite jarring. as a. It feels comedic film. a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I did detract from for me. Yeah. Um, next, the daughter's cat. The dad finds it dead on the side of the road, and mm. Judd's like, "How old is she?" He doesn't want her to find. He's like, "Oh, she's gonna be devastated." He's like, "Oh, we're gonna protect her from that." So basically, they go and bury this pet, and then it uh, reanimates and comes back to life. But what's buried doesn't come back. So yeah, they got this stupid cat now, and they're like, "What the fuck?" Next minute, they're having a picnic. This was pretty confronting. Yeah. Because I've got a boy that was the same age. And there's that moment where you're like, unless you, if you didn't already know, you're like, oh, oh, it's happening. Oh, Shit. yeah. He's oh. like, this is definitely not oh. happening. And the kid runs out on the fucking road and gets plowed by a truck. Man, that was shot pretty well. They set it actually. up pretty well too. Yeah, like that was the, good. The truck, you know, the old, the truck's coming. You get it. You, you're following the truck from, yeah. you know, a good Tension way away. It was good. Away. It was. It was a good build-up. Yeah. Squash. To be honest, I don't think there's any... He would have not been in one piece, surely. That is a good point. Totally getting hit by a truck probably not going to be in one piece. He yeah. did have a little scar on his... Yeah, he just had a cute scar. He had a scar on his yeah. forehead when he got, <laughs> when he got dug up. So he, he dies. Um, the, uh, then he's asking the old boy if anyone ever buried a person up there because obviously they buried a cat. This bit was pretty good, like, you know, the anguish of a parent... Yeah, going off, convincing himself. Oh, look, it's fine. If he's if he's if he's not right, I'll just kill him. Yeah, I'll yeah, try yeah. Though. I, well, I can't. I got to try. Yeah. So then he brings him back to life, but it doesn't turn out very well. Sometimes that is better. That is better. So yeah, the old <laughs> boy can, tries to convince him that it's not. I know what you're thinking. 
<laughs> he tries to convince him not to do it, but he does it. And then Gage comes back and he's just a little fucking, he's like Chucky. Basically. Yeah. A little too much like Chucky in that he's often a doll. Yeah. But uh, to be honest, even though the doll stuff was pretty bad, the stuff he did do was pretty strong. Mm. I thought he was a good little actor when he does his little scary face. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was kind of gig- cute, but also scary. The giggling was good, you know, I think. Yeah. The giggling and it's like, unfair. It's a, like, that was pretty cool. It's like, a pretty it good icky. formula. You know, you look at Exorcist. Well, Exorcist, didn't, Exorcist had a, didn't have a kid, I guess. It had a younger girl, but she wasn't like a baby. Yeah. it's just, Omen it's, was pretty good. There's just a bit of that part. Those parts where it's like obviously a doll and the actors like holding it like oh my god like the like Ben Stiller with the dog and something about Mary and it's like <laughs> obviously fake what um I know I I'm I'm the guy that's always saying old school special effects but this is not if this was about a doll coming back to life like Chucky I would be like okay it's a doll it's a doll it's a yeah. doll but this was pretty Don't night me. and day like okay that's not that kid <laughs> yeah but when they did get to use the kid he did pretty well and yeah the kid was and like he was three. scary man he was three. Oh, yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah, man. A fucking three-year-old, man. Yeah. You don't even know what anything is. No. How are you even acting? How are you being a devil child yeah. that's been reborn? Okay. So your motivation <laughs> yeah. is you've just been reanimated. How do you even know what a movie is? Like, you yeah. don't know anything. Yeah, it's crazy. Good on him. So, yeah, he comes back. He kills Judd. Then the mum had been sent away. She'd been with the in-law, her parents. But then she's worried she couldn't get hold of him, so she comes back. So mum goes back and she gets killed straight away. Yeah. So now the dad is like, shit, I fucking brought my son back thinking I'd just check him out. But now he's killed my buddy neighbor, killed my wife. Yeah. So he goes and buries his wife. Yeah. He's like, well, she's only just died. So I was too slow with Gage. I, yeah. He, slept, he was in the ground for a few days. Ironically, she looked a lot more. Man, that was hardcore. You know, that was, that was a reshoot. I think in line with the book, the initial ending was a bit more open-ended, but you felt the dread, but there was a glimmer of hope that maybe. So you just, I think you hear her come in the kitchen and she's like, darling, and then that's the end, but you kind of know she's probably evil. (laughs) And then they reshoot it and remove all doubt and they go all in, man. That was hardcore. So so he buries her and then he goes back and he's sitting and he's pretty much out of his mind at this point. Yeah. And she comes back, midnight strikes, and she comes in the kitchen, and her face is oozing fluid. Oh, man. Oozing. Oh. And they make out. They have a full oh. make out. Like in, and that, the ooze is like, he's kissing. The, the, oh. Yeah, he's fully, they're having a full tongue bash, and she's oozing out of her cheeks. Just, I don't know what that is. Oh. Ground fluid? What is it? Sewage water? Yeah. Brain oh. water? And then she picks up a knife as they're yeah. bashing, and then it cuts out, and he screams. Yeah. Yeah, so it's one of those ones, like, when I was rereading through the plot in prepping for this episode, I'm like, fuck, I do kind of like this, hey? And I guess the the source material is probably a bit stronger. H- how, do you think it's, how do you think it's held up overall? I think Judd was good. Yeah. I think that sort of... Pretty iconic, hey? Yeah, it's an iconic performance. Um, so that sort of held up, I think. And obviously it's resonated through pop culture. Man, yeah, like I was saying, I think I first came across that character in some version in South Park. Okay, 13, you don't want to go down that run. That run's got a history. 35 people have died going down it. Some say you can still see the ghosts of that. That was on that very ski run that a group of students were killed by a wolf boy who escaped from the mental institution. You see, that ski run was once a burial ground to a tribe of vampire Wichita Indians who ate the flesh of children with no eyes. Yeah. 
A lot of history on that skate ride. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that kind of shit. Again, like, the fact that I felt like I'd watched it when I'm not sure I have shows that it, there's some kind of, it's in the cultural consciousness to a pretty strong degree. Do you know what uh, jumped out at me that I think they nailed that held up well? Product placement. Oh, yeah, what was it? Man, I don't know, when Judd had a fucking six-pack of Budweiser out on that balcony. Oh, uh, yeah. Or he was having one of his soft-pack Marlboros. I uh, really yeah. felt like a Siggy and a Durry <laughs> on a porch. Dead set. I was just like, oh, I'd love a Siggy and a Durry on a porch with Judd. And a porch. Um, uh, but overall, like I said, I was a bit underwhelmed in some areas. But, uh, but I did find it scary, like today, which is, I guess, a good measure of if it holds up. There's, uh, there's definite room for improvement, though. So I am intrigued. Same. Because there's things like even the puppetry on a very superficial level but like i said i think there's some gaps let's earn that father figure status for judd a bit more cohesion between all these different elements like the ghost guy and the zelda and like let's make it yeah, yeah get all these things working down. together a bit more but i i've heard you alluded to it before i think that they may be mixing it up a little bit with the remake yep so slight spoiler alert based on the trailer i believe that ellie replaces Gage as the kid that dies. That gets it looks back. like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, definite. Which I'm She's open to because we don't want to just see a shot for shot remake. Like there's areas to improve. The fact that she's prominent in the trailer suggests that she might, they might bring her forward. Because as I, I tried to allude to in the plot summary, the Gage dies quite late in the movie. It's pretty much the end of the movie it's, when it yeah, happens. Yeah, it's a real, yeah. like it's all this build up and then like boom, he dies, boom, he kills everyone. Yeah, I was boom. expecting that to be the... The movie was yeah. him. So the last, that's like, what, 20 minutes tops? Yeah. So my my suspicion is that they she might die earlier. Yeah. And spend more time fucking with them. Yeah, I reckon. Um, John Lithgow is Judd. That's all I was going to say. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. He's always great. And I can picture him saying, Dad is better. Oh, he says it in the trailer, I think. Does he? Oh. Um. And the reviews, so I mean, this came out a couple of days ago, so the reviews so far are generally more positive than the last one, so it's it's beaten it on Rotten Tomatoes level, which is good, looks promising. But we're excited for it. We're going to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, probably the first movie we've done that's probably a certified reboot in my book. Yeah, probably because it's, about a, the right it's a story time. that existed before it was a movie. Yeah, true. That movie was one interpretation. Yeah. Why can't there be another? Sure. Yeah, I'm keen. Who's your MVP? Uh yeah, it's got to be it's got to be Judd, I guess. Doesn't yeah, it? I had Judd or Miko. The kid was Gage. pretty. Yeah, for a three-year-old, for a three-year-old. impressive. I'll give him most valuable three-year-old, and I'll give Judd most valuable none older than three. Yeah, and Budweiser and Marlboro. All right. Well, that's what we thought. Yeah. What did you think? Hit us up on the internet. Yeah, we've got multiple platforms now. We're multi-platform, guys. We're, yeah. We're on the Facebook. We're on the Instagram. We're going to Google Reddit soon, see what that's all about on yeah. the dark web. We're going to read it, Reddit, on Reddit. Uh, but that's what we thought. Oh. Let us know if you disagree. Let us know if you want to chat. Hit us up. We would love to hear from you. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> got a big sip of whiskey.